Welcome to episode number 44 of the Silver Lined Relaunch. And today I have Nicole Icovani on with me. And get ready for this one because she is going to turn around your thoughts around money. She is a financial therapist. She is a couples therapist with 17 years experience. She helps entrepreneurs, coaches, creatives heal their relationship with money to allow more profits and a little fun and flirty ways to work with money. You're not going to want to miss when she starts talking about dating your money. And now, let the conversation begin. You're listening to the Silver Lined Relaunch, and I'm your host, Hilary DeCesar, award-winning entrepreneur and transitional coach. Each week, I'll invite you to tune into inspirational stories, revealing how you too can turn ordinary experiences into the extraordinary. Feeling stuck? I'll share step-by-step strategies to fuel your ability to experience a life where silver linings are both abundant and possible. Welcome to the Silver Lined Relaunch. And today I am so excited to introduce you to somebody that I have gotten to know very well. So impressed with her. Her name is Nicole Icavoni, and you are going to want to listen to every minute of this podcast because the takeaways are going to be incredible. So welcome, Nicole. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to have this conversation. And I always love, you know, what transpires before we jump on and we've already had some belly laughs and you know what it is, it is going to be one of those awesome interviews. I can already tell. So for those that don't know you, Could you give us a little bit of your background and kind of how we ended up even having you on the Silver Lined Relaunch? What is the silver lining that brought you to where you are today? Sure. So this is a long story because my (laughs) career path definitely took the scenic route, but I will try to make it short and sweet. So um, I am a licensed psychotherapist. I have worked in mental health for about 18 years. I have had my own holistic wellness center private practice for about nine years. Um, And I am also a financial therapist. So I help women entrepreneurs to heal their relationship with money, to make more profits in their business, to manage money strategically and feel really confident in their own financial decisions. Okay. I'm sure people right now are like, (laughs) hold on, hold on. What she just like dropped there in the last, you know, 45 (laughs) seconds is, I mean, we're talking like therapists to all of a sudden she's a money therapist. I mean, did you all catch that? Did you catch that? Because Heal your relationship with money. Okay, Nicole, I love how you just kind of slip in all this stuff. It's like, yeah, you did have many curves, many different, you know, paths along the way. You got to mention a few of those too. Yeah. So if it's surprising to you to hear that I'm a financial therapist, it's just as surprising to me because 
I sort of landed into this position by accident as a result of my own financial crisis, which we'll get into that in a minute. Um, but I also landed into psychotherapy by accident too. I mean, I thought that I was gonna be a music teacher when I first went to college. I was a vocal performer. I had the joy of traveling internationally with choirs and performing and competing. And like, that was my jam. And then I realized that teaching was not my jam. Like I just didn't like teaching as much as I liked performing. And so I was at a crossroads. I wasn't quite sure what to do from there, but I knew I liked two things. I liked writing and I liked human behavior and psychology and like what makes people tick and all of that. And so it was a decision between like journalism and psychology. And I remember having a conversation with my grandmother and I was telling her about my choices and I couldn't decide. And she looked at me, she said, Nicole, psychology is never gonna catch on. And I was like, wait a minute, are you kidding me? Like, uh, there will always be human beings and we will always have a mind. And so like, why is that not gonna catch on? So despite her advice not to go into psychology, I did that. And then I got really interested. Don't in you love those grandmothers <laughs> that, you know, drop those big ones and they're just like, you know, hey, and you should follow what I do because I know it all. And you're like, what? Where did this come from? What's so interesting, my, I love my grandmother dearly, but she still doesn't know what I do for work to this day. Bless her soul, right? But that conversation, I mean, what I took away from that is like the ability to make my own decisions, which was invaluable, right? Like, don't listen to comments from the peanut gallery, like just make your own decisions. So that was the, the main takeaway from that. But you know, then when I um, pursued a career in psychology and I graduated, I was like, okay, what's next for me? I got really interested in like criminal profiling. I wanted to be a profiler for the FBI. I was really interested in criminal behavior and you know all that sort of stuff. And so I'm like, okay, next step for me is to become a police officer because you know that's like the next step to work. Okay, my so way were to you FBI. like, were you thinking CSI like that show? Is that like, yes. wanted, yeah, I could totally see you. Yeah. Doing that or X-Files? I mean, totally. like, absolutely. Okay. Okay. So then you decide yes. police. Got it. Police. So I went to the police academy, became a police officer, realized I hated every single minute of being a police officer. I hated third shift. I hated chasing bad guys. I hated the crap that they gave me. I hated all that stuff. So I was like, oh, now what? So I thought, all right, well, lawyers go work for the FBI. I'll go to law school. So I applied to two law schools because I was oblivious to the fact that like law school is pretty competitive. <laughs> so I got rejected by both law schools and I was like, hmm, well, this isn't really working out. So what's next? So I ended up going to the University of Denver. I know you live in Colorado and like Colorado is my second home. I love it. Love not it, love not it. yet. I'm still a couple months oh, away. I okay. am like, yeah, I'm getting there. I'm going You're next gonna love week. It. We're going to start to put things together. Yeah, cool. You're going to love it. So I went to the University of Denver to study clinical social work instead and fell in love with it. Fell in love with it. Everything about it, it, it was the place I was supposed to be. I definitely took the long way of getting there. And um, you know, before that, I didn't really know what social workers did. I thought like caseworkers, children and youth, but there's so much more to that. And you know, I really developed some strong clinical skills. 
I had the opportunity to work in a number of different settings with a number of, of different populations. And that ultimately led to me starting my own private practice in 2012, working with individuals and couples. Um, I really loved doing couples work because I had worked in the um, research center for marital and family studies there, where we did a lot of research about um, healthy relationships and what keeps people together. And so I really wanted to use that um, information that I got from that work and research. And that's where I, I started as an entrepreneur was starting my own private practice doing counseling. Okay. So, you know, now I think people who are listening right now are like, oh, this gal is right up Hillary's alley because <laughs> with relaunch, we all know foundation of business, foundation of relationships, foundation of self. And you, you hit every single bucket. You're like, boom, boom, boom. And it's all about identity. And you were literally having an identity crisis. You were like, For sure. I, you know, I think I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to do that. I always wanted to be, you know, singer. Then I wanted to be a, you know, a CSI, you know, type of, you know, then you got into police, then you got into the therapy, then you got into relationship therapy. Yeah. I, I mean, this is, I'm, I'm seeing it in my mind, the like dots, right? Dot to dot. Yeah. And you're like over on the right, over on the left, over, you know, doing all these things. Yeah. Okay. So keep, keep this journey going because I am so excited yeah. to get to the, where you are today, because that's sure. what people are going to be like, are you serious right now? What you? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, early on um, in my private practice, I loved the work I was doing. I was super good as a therapist. I got my style down. I was helping people get great results. I was totally into it. But as an entrepreneur, I had no clue what I was doing. Like, I didn't know how to grow a business. Well, I didn't how, know. How could you, right? No, yeah, we didn't get that training. There's not that training that says, hey, you know, here's the A to Z of, you know, how to actually start and launch a business. It's, it's, do you get all that, everybody? Uh huh. Right. The fired <laughs> right. up entrepreneur. <laughs> yes. Amen to that. Amen yes. to that. I wished that I had something like that when I was starting out because right. it really would have saved me making a ton of mistakes. It would have saved me a whole lot of time and a boatload of money. But I was just figuring out as I went on my own. And, um, you know, I was doing okay. My practice was growing slowly, but surely um, I was spending a lot of time trying to gain clients, more time trying to gain clients than I was seeing clients and getting paid. Right. And um, it, it was a very slow go at it, but then things picked up. And what I found was the clients that I was working with had more needs than what I could provide just doing one-on-one -on -one therapy. And so I had this vision for, building a holistic wellness center where we could really treat the whole person. We could treat the mind with counseling. We could treat the body with nutrition coaching and yoga classes and massage therapy. We could add psychiatric medicine so that we could also look at like the biological, physiological problems that might be a play for somebody. And so, you know, while it was intimidating and I wasn't really quite sure how it was going to happen, I just had this plan. I was like, I'm, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to expand my practice. And that's what I did. I moved into a super expensive building thinking, you know, if you build it, they will come sort of thing, but they didn't come. <laughs> I built I this beautiful wellness center and like nobody was coming through the doors. And that caused a huge financial crisis for me because here I had a new team of staff that were delivering these wonderful services at this beautiful building. It was decked out in primo furniture, like mm -hmm. top of the line, give our clients this incredible experience. 
and no money was coming through the door. So every month my business is in the red and I'm worried about, can I keep my doors open? Am I going to lose my house? How can I pay my bills? How can I pay my staff so they can pay their bills? And like the walls just started to close in at that point. I got to tell you, I'm sure there are a ton of people that have done just that. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we hear, hey, you know, law of attraction, just, you know, get out there, the secret, right? Just, yeah. just, you know, when you visualize it, it will happen. And so you mm-hmm. went ahead and you're like, oh, I got to get this office because this is where I'm going to be in a year and yeah. it's gonna, I need to start right now. And then you got over your skis, right? Yep. You ended yeah. up like, whoa, I've taken on too much too fast Mm -hmm. without the proof. Yes. And so what happened? I just kept pouring more and more money into that thing, thinking that, you know, if you spend money, you'll make money, like spending money on advertising and and spending money on, you know, additional supplies and and creating new services and, and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, then I was like having ugly cries over my empty bank account where I'm like, where, where is this money going? And how am I going to pay the bills? And, and then it led to like avoidance, you know, because I felt so overwhelmed by the financial situation. I was like stuffing bills in the back of my desk drawer because out of sight, out of mind. And I just didn't want to deal with money at all. Thinking that if I just let it go, all my problems would go away only to find that made them much worse. And so there was this one moment and I remember it so clearly because this was such a, a turning point, like a, a reset for me was I was in the middle of a couple's therapy session gone bad. You know, like sometimes therapy is not pretty. <laughs> and, and this couple was in front of me and they're like, slamming each other. Like one saying, you never do enough for me. You're not there. And the other one is like, I feel like I can't count on you and going back and forth. And in that moment, like this light bulb went on for me. And I thought, wow, that's the same conversation I have in my own mind about money, right? Like money is never there for me. I can't count on it. It ghosts me, right? There's never enough. And so in that moment, I realized that my relationship with money was toxic, just as toxic as some of the relationships that couples come in with (laughs) to to get my help with in couples therapy. Bam. That is- What a discovery, right? And guess what? We all have that happen. Mm -hmm. As you said, it ghosts you. You know, you're not worthy of having money. It comes, it goes, it's never there. You know, you you know, spend money, spend, spend, spend. But when does it come back in? Mm -hmm. I, you are, this is brilliant because (laughs) this is something that every single person can sit there and say, you know, with their own spending habits, whether you have money or whether Mm -hmm. you don't have money, right? What is your relationship with money? Yeah. God, I love this. Yeah. I mean, that's not something I'd ever thought about before. Like I didn't think about money as being in relationship with it, but we absolutely are. Cause think about it. Like you make decisions about money every day, you spend or earn money every day. You handle money every day. You think about money every day. Like the, the things or the people that get our time, energy, and attention, we're in a relationship with them. So we're absolutely in a relationship with money. And we really need to be thoughtful about what the nature of that relationship looks like. Like what is the quality of that relationship and what, what could be better with that? So Nicole, when you have these, when you had these, you know, relationship, these people come in, 
was money the primary reason that most of them were there? Some type of issue around money? There are five things couples typically fight about and money is number one. Mm-hmm. Hands down, money is at the top of the list. Mm. Yeah, and it's because also I think you, you know, we all come from different backgrounds. We all have a different relation, mm-hmm. just like, you know, no two people, no, no couple yeah. is exactly like another couple. That's, you know, what keeps therapists and coaches mm-hmm. and everything in business, right? Yes. So you end up having this, this turning point of like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not making any, I put out so much. What's yeah. my relationship with money? And so what did you do? So I thought to myself, okay, well, if I'm in a relationship with money and my relationship with money is toxic right now, like a lot of the couples I work with, what if I applied the techniques and strategies that I use in couples therapy to my money relationship? Would it improve? Would it get better? Could I heal that relationship and finally have the financial life that I wanted? And so I just did this like big experiment where I just started applying those techniques and those strategies and there's tools. And one piece of advice that I give every single couple I've ever worked with is have date nights because that is time set aside to pay attention to each other. It's quality time. It's making the relationship a priority. It's a time to flirt and play and laugh and reconnect, right? And so I thought, okay, I'm going to take that advice. I am going to date my money. I am going to schedule weekly money dates where I sit down with my money and I get to know it. Mm. I see where it's going and what it's doing, how it's helping me, what I'm giving to my money. Like, how am I earning money? How am I showing up for it? How am I treating it? Am I treating it with love and respect or am I cheating on it by going on a shopping spree at Macy's, right? Like, how am I showing up for my money? And, and really paying attention to carving out time to make my relationship with money a priority. And everything changed after that. There was oh, no more stuffing is, bills in the, in the desk drawer. Like I'm able to pull those out and avoidance. look at them. Right. No more avoidance. Right. No more like, oh my God, I'm scared. I'm in fear of it. Yes. You then changed that and said, hey, if I did have a date night, and Mm -hmm. as you said, number one thing on a date night is you pay attention. Mm -hmm. And it's like looking fear in the eye. You took this this concept of, hey, I'm actually going to give it attention. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put an intention on the attention of where is it? What am I doing with it? How do I feel about it? Yeah. And I love your, you know, example about, you know, what are you doing with it? Do you get it in? And then you go shopping at Macy's. Do you get it in? And then immediately, you know, you're in debt. It's in, it's out, it's in, it's out. Because whether you're running a business Mm -hmm. or whether you are, you know, at home or whether you're trying to do something with travel and, and do something that would impact the quality of your life. Mm -hmm. How amazing would it be if you actually had a really good relationship with money? Yeah. God, I think, I mean, honestly, we look at all areas of our life, Mm -hmm. right? We look at Mm -hmm. all areas. We focus in on our health. We focus. And most people, when they say finance, Mm -hmm. it's, oh yeah, you know, I really need to do a budget. 
That's yeah. what I get. That's what I get a lot of times. And I mean, my gosh, yes, we look at the budget and we say, you know, where, where is it going? And we put, you know, the processes behind mm-hmm. like, like getting you out of debt. Yes. Because, you know, if you are living a life that's in debt and you have all these problems, it will be reflected in your business. It will be yeah. reflected in your life. But you then created something through all of this. And tell us, tell us about what you created when you started to say, I'm going to do this. Well, I have to first tell you about the transformation that happened when I started dating my money and really making it a priority and treating my money relationship like a romantic relationship, because I mean, the results are just mind blowing, really. So when I started doing this, I was $87,000 in debt and I didn't know how I was going to get out of it, but because I started paying attention to my money and because I approached it in like a fun, flirty way, like my money dates were not boring. Okay. Like it was not boring spreadsheets. It was not like, you know, sorting through financial messes. It was like, they were swoon worthy money dates. Okay. Like I had my hot vanilla latte and I cozied up on the couch with like my, my, um, you know, my spending plan, I call it spending plan because budget just feels icky to me. So I just renamed it because it feels better. And then I would have my bank account and then I'd be like, so money, you know, like what's going on with you? Where have you been all week? What's happening? You know, and I would really approach it um, as if I were personifying money, giving it a personality and treating it like a person and making it a character because then everything just made so much more sense to me. And it just, it just felt better and it felt more fun and it didn't feel so overwhelming and confusing. And so when I started doing that, what happened was I was able to pay off that $87,000 of debt in two years, two Mm. years gone, debt-free. And I multiplied my income in my holistic wellness center times five in eight months. (laughs) And that was just simply, just simply by changing my relationship with money and the way that I looked at it and the way that I felt about it and the way that I behaved with it. So this is like all internal work. You know, it's not like, oh, well, I'm going to go out there into the world and I'm going to do all these things to grow my business and I'm going to, you know, promote and I'm going to run Facebook. It wasn't that at all. It was taking a look at how I had been thinking and feeling and behaving with money and recognizing that it wasn't serving me very well and then totally redesigning that so that I could get the financial outcomes that I wanted. And it it made me a better clinician too. Like it made me better at my work because I wasn't so stressed about money. So I wasn't bringing that into my therapy sessions. I was more open. I was more caring, more sensitive to my clients. And, you know, with those results, I thought to myself, I can't be the only woman entrepreneur that struggles with money (laughs) that finds it so overwhelming and confusing. And I I just want to avoid it. There's got to be other women out there like me. And so what happened was, a a complete redesign of my work. Mm. And I, I launched, I relaunched Mm. my my offerings by becoming a financial therapist and helping other women entrepreneurs to heal their relationship with money. I, I call my work money therapy, walking them through the process of money therapy so that they can have the financial life that they want to. Okay. So let's do something fun here. Uh, first off, you were saying a, a spending plan versus a budget, yeah. just starting with like, you know, again, it's that approach of, I can't, I can't mm-hmm. find, you know, that, that ideal man, or I can't yeah. find the ideal job. And you're just saying, Hey, 
It's no longer that negative budget, which a lot of people do have like Mm -hmm. budget. Trust me. Trust me. Everyone I work with are on budget. So spending plan. Yes. Okay. Love that. Now for those people who are like, okay, I want to do this. I want to start dating money. Mm -hmm. How long are you on this date for weekly? One hour. So simple. It's one hour a week. Okay. One hour. Now in my mind, I went like, whoa, that's a, that's a long date with money, Mm -hmm. but your process tells you how you should look at it Mm -hmm. in, in that one hour. What can you give us just a outline of what that one hour would look like? There are so many ways that you can go about having a money date, right? Like I gave you an example of one and that's what I call the coffee date money date. Okay. Like you might be at Starbucks, like once COVID is over and Starbucks is open again, you know, you'll sit in a little corner and you'll have your cup of coffee and you'll open up your laptop and that, that can be your, your money date for the week. Or it might be like a girl's night money date. Okay. Like you round up all your besties you wear your yoga pants, you have your, your wine, right? You get some pizza, you all gather around, but the night is reserved for money talk. Okay. You're going to dish on money. You're going to talk about what you love about money. What drives you crazy about it. Kind of like what we do about our husbands, right? Like when we get together with our girls, we like talk about relationship problems. We talk about like, thank God my husband washed the dishes this week. Or like, I can't believe he did this. And you're going to talk about the same things related to money because a lot of people don't talk about money. It's like this taboo thing. Don't discuss it. Keep it, you know, hidden away, but that actually keeps us more broke. Right. And, And so we need to open up that conversation. So that could be a really fun one hour money date that you're just getting together with your lady friends and you're just talking about how they feel about money and what they do with money. And you might get some brilliant takeaways. I remember having a conversation with one of my girlfriends and we're talking about like being thrifty and saving money. And she came up with this slew of ideas that she had been doing for years to cut down on, on what she spends every month. I'm like, why didn't I think of that? And had we not brought up that conversation, I never would have known about them. Right. Mm. So, so it's really, it, it, what you do is so great because what you focus on grows. Yeah. what you don't, mm-hmm. uh, what do you think? It, nothing happens. Right. It, it just, when you're ignoring it, when you're pushing that envelope or you're pushing mm-hmm. that bill or you're not looking at your bank yeah. accounts or you're, you know, just like, you know, the hope, Hey, I'm yeah. hoping that I'm going to get a few more clients this month. And you're not mm-hmm. really owning up, then yeah. that's what you're going to get. That's what's going to come right back to you. So your idea of spending time with it, it, it's, you know, it's the boomerang, right? You throw it out. It's going to come back in, in tenfold. Like you said, all of a sudden your business, you know, you were able to pay off the 87,000 in debt over two years. And now your business is, you know, just taking off. And what you're doing is you're offering women the ability to say, it's okay, it's okay yeah. that you have this idea around money. And I'm sure mm-hmm. that when, if I were to say, you know, what does money mean to you? People are going to be like, oh, it's the root of all evil. You yeah. know, money doesn't grow on trees. Yes. You know, you have money, you don't have money. We had it, then we didn't have it. We had yeah. it. And I got to tell you, you know, when you were just talking about these things, you know, in my life, I had, my parents were divorced. And so mm-hmm. I had my dad who was a super successful orthopedic surgeon. And then I live with my stepdad and my mom. And I saw him have money 
lose money. You know, we were, we were living the high life. Then we were like, Oh, you know, how are we going to, you know, how are we going to pay the bills? And yeah, such an interesting. So everybody has this. And so what I've found is that those influences show up in my life. And so Mm -hmm. what do you suggest to people like, you know, there, we, we have these buckets, right. That we, you know, you've got your personal finances, you've Mm -hmm. got your business finances. And for many people, they Mm -hmm. can say, well, gosh, you know, I've got my personal finances really Mm -hmm. in order, but my business ones are, you know, I just can't seem to get that part off the ground. Mm -hmm. What do you, what do you suggest to them about that? Yeah. Well, let me say first that I've totally been there. (laughs) Like, you know, getting in control of my personal finances sort of happened first and then getting in charge of my business finances followed. Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the big things that contributes to that is we have social media and we get to look around at what all the other businesses and entrepreneurs are doing. And it's like shiny object syndrome. You know, we're like seeing all these courses to sign up for, and we're seeing all this, like these big results from Facebook ads. And so we're like, I have to pour money into that. I have to pour money into this. I have to pour money into this other thing so that I can be as big and successful as all these entrepreneurs that I see around me, you know, cause that's the goal, right? Like six, seven figure businesses. Like you have to, you know, that's what the definition of success is. So you have to do all these things and buy all these programs and pay for all these ads to get there. Right. And so it, it's almost like a trap, like a consumerism trap. And, and we're not really giving a whole lot of thought to like, okay, is this really a good investment? And am I going to get a return on this investment? Or how is it really going to help me to grow my business? And is this even really the way that I want to grow my business? Do I even want a six or seven figure business and all of the work that comes with that, right? So I think that one of the most important first steps is to think about what you value, what you really value in life. Like what is the most important things to you. And examples of those might be freedom, travel, creativity, growth, um, love, right? Like those are just like hardcore personal values. And once you get clear on what you really value, then weighing every single purchase against those values, especially in your business, because it's so easy to just tell yourself, I'm going to spend this money because it's going to make me more money. But there aren't necessarily guarantees to that. So you have to make sure that whatever you're spending your money on aligns with those values in some way. So to give you an example, one of my top five values is growth. I'm all about self-growth, evolving, learning, right? And so one of the things that I invest a lot of money in in my business are books, coaching programs, any way that I can learn how to be better at something, be more skilled, you know, develop new techniques, grow my business. I invest in that because I know I'm going to get a return on it because it's one of my most important things. So I think that's something really important to consider before we just go throwing money at stuff in our business is to really think like, okay, what are my values and what purchases align with those values? Mm, that is so great. And when you talk about the values part, we lose, like, like you said, it's that, you know, that, oh, I, I can do that. I can do that. I should do that. I should mm-hmm. take that course. I should do those ads. I should, you know, oh, I need to be on TikTok. Oh, I need to yeah. be on, you know, I need to be doing reels. I need to be la la la, all these things. Mm-hmm. 
I'm a huge fan of TNM, test and measure. Yes. But what we do is we throw so much in up front mm-hmm. in that testing. Like instead of testing a small, a small piece of this to yeah. see if it actually works with the measuring of it, we say we're all in. We just got to mm-hmm. do it. And the next thing you know, you have a negative two thousand dollars. You yeah. have a negative four thousand, five thousand, whatever it is. Yeah. And if you can really be looking at that, you know, it's the ROI, the return on investment. Mm-hmm. But that point that you just said, which I love, is is the return going to be in alignment? Which we always yeah. talk about in the relaunch effect, the realignment, making mm-hmm. sure it's in alignment with where you want to go now. Yeah. And mm-hmm. as you're dating your money, it's, you know, this is going to be a fresh start for you right now with this yes. concept. And so mm-hmm. your alignment may be off. Right. And now you're going to realign to where you really like, as you said, you know, this, uh, this concept of growth, what is mm-hmm. it that you really ultimately want? And it doesn't have to be that like, hundred percent all. And I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to put every, you know, all of the, the rubies in this, you know, bowl. Yes. I don't know where that came from. Rubies in the bowl. <laughs> I have no hey, idea. Rubies are but beautiful. Yes, Let's take it. Yes. yes. <laughs> Let's run with it. But you're not going to, you don't need to necessarily do that. Right. Because if you were dating, you wouldn't mm-hmm. be like, Hey, I'm going to get married tomorrow. You're going to be That's like right. a little slowly. And I love that. Okay. Exactly. So we, would all love to figure like what, how can we find you, get involved in what you're doing, share with us what you're working on right now? Sure. So the best way, the best way to find me and my work is on my website, nicolecavoni.com. And for anyone listening who wants to get started dating their money, I have a fun, free date your money planner that you can go to my website and download for free. And it gives you seven sexy money date ideas so that you can start getting to know your money in really fun, flirty ways. And the other thing that I have cooking up is a free three-day class, and that's called the Money Therapy Quickie Class. I mean, who doesn't love a good quickie, right? (laughs) And it's all about um, spending three days with me um, in this class where I deliver a, a daily lesson right to your inbox so that you can work through that on your own time, on your own pace to learn a money love lesson and to have a daily assignment to get to work on doing some of this inner work around healing your relationship with money. And it's super fun. If you send your um, daily assignments to me and show me your homework, it enters you to, to win prizes and gift bombs. And we just, we have so much fun in this free class. So that is starting February 1st. And I would love people to check that out and join in on the fun. Oh, I love that. The money therapy quickie class. I mean, come on, everyone. And I, by the way, (laughs) did download the dating and I saw, you know, the different ones and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this. So there's already been takeaways for me that I'm going to be doing. So, okay. We will have those in the show notes so that everyone will know, because I know her last name, it got me for a while, but now (laughs) I'm on it and I will make sure to have those links, but it's rapid fire time. Great. And I'm going to throw in one and I'm so excited to hear your answer. But first, Zoom calls dressed head to toe or waist up? 
Oh goodness, girl, waist up always. And sometimes not even that I'm like all about comfort. So this is about as fancy as it gets. And I have my wool Christmas leggings on right now. <laughs> oh, I love that. All right. So when you spend money, what is your money indulgence date? Oh, money indulgence date. Well, I love pampering. I really, really do. So my money indulgence is like full day at the spa, like hot stone massage, facial, the works, right? Oh. Like my money loves me so much <laughs> and I love it so much when it treats me to a day at the spa. <laughs> mm, who doesn't love that? Right, right. Yeah. Okay. How often do you wash your hair? every other day. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I do. And it's funny because my hair is naturally curly. You can't tell looking at it now because, you know, blow it out. But um, when I want to go for the natural curls, I have to wash it fresh. Mm. See, in mine, if I go, the longer I go and get it a little dirty, mm -hmm. my hair will hold the curl for days. Oh, awesome. yes. See, do you do dry shampoo then? Oh, gosh, yes. Yes. Yeah, you can't, you can't go without the I dry love, shampoo. And by the way, with, you know, different salons not even open, you know, for extended periods yeah. of time, it also lightens the roots so I can go yes. a lot longer. I've actually, you know, awesome. I'm probably, hey, I'm saving money by not, by just using dry shampoo. So I got to totally. tell, I got to tell you that. Okay. So favorite <laughs> podcast besides the Silver Lined Relaunch? Oh, besides that one. Jeez. Um, I have a lot that I like. Um, most of them are like business-minded podcasts because I just love hearing from other entrepreneurs and, and what they're doing. I mean, Amy Porterfield's podcast is fantastic. She gives really concrete strategies. Um, Jasmine Starr is really fun to listen to because she just like oozes personality into her podcast. Um, I love Susan Hyatt's Rich Coach Club podcast. Yeah, she's great. so inspiring and has great ideas for That's marketing awesome. and growing your business. So I would say those are my top three. Okay. And if you had gone down that original path of being a singer and being uh -huh. this big star, who <laughs> would you want to be? Oh, Katy Perry. She's my girl crush. Ooh, I love Katy she's Perry. So good. <laughs> she's so good. I did. I saw her in one of her last concerts before we all got shut down. And she is such an entertainer. Love that woman. Oh. Okay. I love this beauty product and give us the name of it. Oh, I get the most amazing luxury handmade soaps from a company called Bad Glinda Soap. It's like Bad Glinda, like in Wizard of the Oz. <laughs> And these soaps are amazing. They smell good. They lather up so nice. It is like having a spa day in my shower when I use them. And they're like nine bucks. I mean, it's Ew. like thrifty. So it's so good for my spending plan too. You know me, like I'm always like money conscious because I love hey, my money. So I like that. It's also, it's also a good gift. Yes, yeah, like absolutely. Oh, and they do like really cute gift baskets and they tie it up with like these really cute ribbons. It's like all natural stuff. And yeah, mm. definitely check it out. Bad Glinda soap. Ooh, love that. And this is the question I like to wrap things up with. What mm -hmm. does a powerhouse of possibility mean to you? Yeah. My answer 
might seem surprising, but I would say th that means allowing and acknowledging dissatisfaction because I have experienced in my own life that dissatisfaction serves as a guidepost that helps me to gain awareness about what I want to do next and what I want to be better. And that opens up this door to really get me thinking about what's possible and how good can it get. And so I think, you know, sometimes we're quick to like look at our unhappiness or our dissatisfaction in the situation and feel very resentful about that or want to push it aside and, and just move on and be happy and feel good. But I think embracing that dissatisfaction and really investigating it is what opens us up to possibilities and motivates us to pursue them because pain is a great motivator for change. I'm living proof of that. I mean, I started a whole new career and a whole new business because of a crisis, right? So there is a silver lining in the crisis, <laughs> in the dissatisfaction, and it can lead to, you know, a relaunch. We're going to just like, that is the mic drop right there, girl. <laughs> Nicole, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your wisdom. And yes, we are all going to race over there, get the dating money PDF, and also check out your course because it sounds incredible. Thanks again. Thank you. The pleasure was mine. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you felt a connection to this episode of the Silver Lined Relaunch, please head over to iTunes now. It would mean so much to me if you would leave a good review and help others find silver linings as well. And don't forget, you can have immediate access to all of the bonuses and notes from the show today in our treasure chest which you have access to for free by texting 55444 and typing in treasure chest. Or you could go to our private Facebook group, The Relaunch Effect, Living a Life You Love. Together we've hit the reset button for you, turning your transitions into a transformation. Until next time, don't forget, there's always a silver lining.